get those people who say it's a myth that the gender pay gap even exists. It's not a myth. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, boss man. I love that. <laughs> Listen, boss man. Because <laughs> it's scary to like put yourself out there. You've got to work on your confidence. If we get more women in power, the world will be a better place. I'm Angela Wagner. And I'm Jessica Williams. And we're here as your hosts for a mix of happy hour style venting and results-based coaching. Spark is a judgment-free space where we'll chat about both the brilliant bits of life as well as the bits that are a little more sucky. With lightness, laughter, and the belief that there's no such thing as oversharing, we'll guide you in finding clear paths out of murky messes and toward discovering inspiration in everyday moments. This week, I'm having a discussion with Superwoman Jessica Williams, who is on a mission to put more women in positions of power by advancing the professional development of strong, wise female leaders. Specifically, she is going to share her incredible knowledge about how to negotiate your salary. And her business is the Superwoman. Wait, no, not the Superwoman Chronicles. What is the name of your business? <laughs> That's right. I always say it's like all things Superwoman, but <laughs> it's um, officially the Superwoman Project. But you can catch me at superwomanproject.com, superwomanchronicles.com, which is my podcast, superwomansummit.com, which is our big event that we have every year, superwomansociety.com, which is our quarterly networking events that are starting to pop up all over the country. So there's lots of ways to connect with me around the superwoman theme. I love it. Oh, that just like uh, when I, so a mutual friend of ours introduced us because you're in, are you in Portland? Is that right? I am. Um, I'm actually based out of Seattle now, but gosh, like I've spent 10 years in Portland. And so most of my community friends, like family friends are down there. So yeah, I might as well be from Portland. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So we've never actually met in person, but we got connected through a friend and I started listening to your podcast, I think last year, and I just was like, I love everything about it. And I just love your message about empowering women. I am so honored to have you on. Thank you so much for sharing with our audience. Oh, Angela, it's my honor. Thank you. Yeah. So I'll tell them a little bit more about what you do. So Jessica Williams is a speaker, coach, facilitator, change agent, and author whose mission is to put more women in positions of power. Amen, sister. She is a transformative and sought-after leader for the empowerment of women on a global scale, working with individuals, nonprofits, and corporations to advance the professional development of strong, powerful female leadership. Okay, so why don't you give us a little more detail into what that looks like? Yeah, definitely. So um, the Superwoman Project was born out of about 15 years of thinking, planning, researching, and working my way up the kind of career ladder. So um, I have a master's degree in communications. I'm a certified life coach, certified yoga instructor, even though I don't teach anymore, but it's an important part of my practice. And I incorporate all of my knowledge to help women up level their careers, become better leaders, 
and basically um, figure out how to negotiate the environment that is our work culture, that is the way we manage people, the way we lead others, our creative endeavors, our side hustles, you know, all of those things that make up kind of our professional work and endeavors and, and to do it in a way that's authentic, true and in alignment for each individual woman, because I believe that there's a big problem out there in that the nature of work was designed for men by men. Hmm. And that was, you know, not necessarily like intentionally, although sometimes I think it was intentionally, but inadvertently. And women have only been a substantial part of the workforce for so many years. I mean, we've made a lot of progress. There are a lot of women who have come before me that have fought this fight. And there will be a lot of women coming after me that will continue the fight. But we need to continue the work to empower each individual woman so that she shows up authentic and true and advocating for herself and being a strong, powerful individual in the workforce. And I think there's a big problem in that a lot of women don't feel like they have the resources, the knowledge, the confidence, or the community they need to do that. So I work to connect them with resources, teach them how to do it, build community around it in a way that's genuine, accessible and warm. And I make professional stuff more fun. So and affordable. I mean, it just shouldn't be such a drag, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Especially when we're following a passion, right? Yeah, totally. Oh, I love it. I love I love everything about it. Yeah. And I imagine that your life coaching and your yoga training and all of that is just so synergistic with what you're doing. Oh, yeah, it helps so much because women need to be in their bodies to access their intuition, access their higher self, to be more creative, to live in that like abundance mindset. And all of these things they need in order to show up authentically to advocate for themselves, use their voice and speak their truth in their work. And so, yeah, we've got to get them past those limiting beliefs and mindsets that are standing in their way, get them back in their bodies because Lord knows, myself included, a lot of women have experienced trauma that has like forced us out of our bodies and we don't even know how we feel about things. So getting us back into our bodies, getting us back in touch with our higher self, our intuition. I mean, that's one of the biggest first steps so that we can find the clarity we need and the confidence we need to move forward. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, because it's so much of it just seeing, and it's just like a lot of the coaching I do is people come like, okay, well, I want to learn how to negotiate my salary. And you're like, okay, well, let's first work on you. And they're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know, but it's like anything, Mm -hmm. whether it's you're working on your, you know, your professional life, or you're working on your personal life, or you're working on your health, like everything that like backs all of that up starts with our belief system. Yep, it totally does. I mean, you got to take a few steps back, right? To make many steps forward. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, get the shovel out and dig a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Well, okay. So this is going to be so much fun. So let's start with just getting to know a little bit about you and your personal life and what your sucky moment of the week was. So the reason that I do this segment, it sounds sort of silly and, and funny, but it's really to just have these like relatable moments where we know, because especially as as I've been doing, so my co-host, just so you know, she just had a baby and so she's out for several months. So I'm doing like three to four months of interviews. So it's been kind of a different format for me and I love it. And Nicole and I always do second moment of the week, but uh, it's been fun to get to know because when you have leaders and women leaders, people like can sometimes look to us and think like, oh, they never have a bad day because they only see like, 
you know, like the website and the, the mm-hmm. this and the that. And so it's like just being relatable. And then also like, what can we learn from the things that happen? Because life is life, right? So right. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of well, the history behind it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm happy to share. And in fact, Angela, it's really funny because my most sucky moment of the week happened this morning. <laughs> oh, it was waiting for us. <laughs> Here's our sucky scale. One being kind of sucky. Five being super sucky. One, two, three, seriously, four, five. Okay, so one to five, tell us what you rate it. Oh, um, oh, one to five, five being the worst. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say it was like, like out of four. Like I cried and I, you know, had a freak out moment and had to like do some self-talk, call a friend, text my boyfriend. Like it was a legitimate, like sucky moment. <laughs> Solid four. Okay. Tell us what it was. Um, So I'm in a relationship with a man I've been with for a little over a year now. Best relationship of my life. I love him so much. I'm 36 and have been divorced and single and dating for quite some time and I feel really lucky to have found him. But he is a consultant and he travels a lot for work and we kind of never know where he's going to be based out of. And we just moved to Seattle about six months ago. We have a beautiful home. We have two dogs and I love it when he's at home with me. And unfortunately, he was recently assigned a project down in California and He's been traveling a lot for work and it looks like he's going to be on another project down there for another five months and, Aww. and literally like not around during the week. And I started like looking at our calendars cause I, I have a lot of travel coming up and I, this morning I looked at our calendars and I was like, I'm not going to see him, but like five days out of the next six weeks. And I was like, that sucks. And I, I cried and I got really upset and I texted him and I called my girlfriend and who's going through a transition herself. And And she actually um, said, you know, I'm willing to come up and stay with the dog so you can like fly down there and spend some time with him in between your travels. So we're going to make it work. And, And I guess that's the thing I can share with what I did is, you know, I reached out for support. I problem solved. And then honestly, I still felt kind of emotional and I realized I'm super tired and (laughs) I have a lot going on right now. And I've been a little stressed about it. And so I haven't been sleeping very well. I've been waking up really early in the mornings to work and going to bed late. I just hired a new employee. I'm trying to train them and get them up and running. And so I've been a little overwhelmed. So I put myself down for a nap around like 930 this morning. (laughs) And I woke up in time to freshen myself for our call. And I feel much better now. And, you know, I just had to do some self care and get myself back on on track. So yeah. That's my story. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What a great friend. Yeah. She's a good friend and she just quit her job and she's been working at a job she does not like. She totally loathes it. And she just quit her job to focus 100% on her business. So it actually worked out really well because she's like, I'll come live with you for rent free and take care of the dogs and house sit while you do your travels and you go spend some time with him. And so it worked out really well. (laughs) Oh, good. Well, God, there's a solution. (sighs) Oh, Well, I'm sorry about that news, though. That's a bummer. 
It's okay. We roll with it. I mean, when we met, he was in LA and I was in Portland and we were dating long distance. And I literally followed him all over the country because I can work from anywhere and work from hotels. And we drove in the car back and forth between LA and Seattle and Portland and San Diego. I mean, we were all over the place with the dogs. And so we're kind of used to it. I just thought that our travel days were over. (laughs) Yeah. And we're back at it again. So it just takes a bit of like a mindset shift and I'm I'm back on board. So (laughs) sleep will fix everything. (laughs) I literally have to be like, Jessica, you need to go take a nap right now. And I'll wake up and be like, what was I so freaked out about? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's so real. Uh, And it's such a simple solution that we often just don't give ourselves. (laughs) It is. Oh, all right. Well, let's move on to your expertise. And I'm so, so excited because I really don't know much about this kind of specific world. So I was only in corporate for about three years before I went on my own. So where do you start when someone says, like, how do I no- negotiate my salary? Yeah, it's a great question. So I will just give you a little background. I didn't know how to negotiate my salary either. I started out my career just taking what I was given I don't think I negotiated for the first few jobs that I had. And then I had a job where I I found out that my male colleague was making about $25,000 more than me. And he was um, less educated. I actually supervised his work and he hadn't worked at the company as long as I had. His title was lower than mine. And I was furious and I studied everything I could about how to negotiate my salary and ended up over a six month period increasing my compensation to by $30,000. So wow, good for you. I went from making like $55,000 a year, um, 50, 55, I had like a bonus in there to like making $80,000 a year. And so what I did when I went out on my own and started my business is I look back on what I did. I took some of the teachings that I had learned and then built them out in a way that helps women do it. That's true to being a woman. So most of the salary negotiation that you see out there is about tips and tricks. And and it's often taught by men and it's stuffy and it's boring and it makes it sound really scary and overwhelming. And I try to make it like super simple. It's built for women. It's built to basically leverage our greatest strengths and talents. And so when we talk about salary negotiation, I think about it in terms of a series of steps that you want to go through. And I'm happy to walk you through those steps if you want. But like a lot of people too, they want to talk about, you know, there's a lot of conversation right now. And there has always been but I feel like there's a lot of emphasis being put on this right now, but the gender wage gap, and there's some really interesting facts and figures about that as well that kind of go into why there is a gender pay gap. So, you know, where do you want to start, Angela? Well, yeah, I definitely want to get into the steps, but I do I do have a couple questions that are related to what you were just saying. So do you know, is it that most men are just automatically offered a higher salary or is it that they automatically negotiate or is it both? It's both. Okay. Yeah, men are, are way more likely to negotiate their salary than women. And men are way more likely to be offered more money than women. And the statistics are mind blowing. In fact, one of the ones that I think is just blows my mind is that if a man has a family, if he's married and has a family, he will be more likely be offered higher compensation than if a woman is married and has a family because they see that as a liability. And with a man, they see it as a, as like he has to take care of his family. You know, that's just one of the statistics. (laughs) 
you know, so there's some microaggressions against women around what they expect from women and what they think women can do. And they being people who are in charge of the system. And that can be a man who's in charge. And sometimes it can be a woman who's in charge. Women are notoriously bad when they get up to higher positions of looking back and saying, I had to fight to get here. And now you've got to fight to get here and not really helping their sisters come off the ladder and teaching them the way. So it's an incredibly systematic problem. There's a lot of subtle things that are playing into this. So it's not one particular person or industry or or reason. It's just a lot of things go into this. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of research out there. There's very limited in terms of like real hard data that we can point to. So that's why you get like, you get those people who say it's a myth that the gender pay gap even exists. It's not a myth. (laughs) No, you know, but a lot of people will like trolls on the internet and that sort of thing, you know, are just like, you're making this up. But I know for a fact it exists. I talk to women all of the time who find out their male colleagues who were in an equal position were getting paid more than them. And my point, Angela, is that like, okay, you can't change the system. Oftentimes you can't change what people believe, what kind of like, you know, sexist beliefs that they have guiding them. What you can change is how you show up and how you advocate for yourself and empower yourself with the knowledge you need to do the best you can to make a difference for yourself. And then one woman by one woman at a time, we will, I think, collectively shift the system. And I am seeing way more women negotiating their salaries or telling me that they're negotiating their salaries now than ever before. Oh, that's so great. So let me ask you this with because, you know, sometimes I feel like I live in a little bit of a bubble, right? Because I own my own business and I'm in this, you know, yoga community. And then, you know, with what's going on in kind of our current political world, I feel like, whoa, we're kind of taking a lot of steps backwards in a lot of ways. And a lot of that being just like the treatment of women with our president, just all that stuff. So mm-hmm. have you seen or how does that kind of play into what you're seeing right now? Actually, what I've seen is it, it's galvanized women more than ever before. Like, sometimes I wonder, like, if Hillary Clinton had actually won, would women be as mobilized as they are now? I mean, women are just, well, they're pissed. A lot of women are pissed. (laughs) Yeah. And they're just going, I need to do something. I need to make a difference. And they're reaching out. They're building community. They're finding ways to learn and grow so that they can empower themselves. So this doesn't happen for them, their sisters, their children. So I actually, in a lot of ways, I, I kind of like, I mean, if you want to kind of look at it from this perspective, it's like maybe the election of Trump actually did us a favor. It like pointed out the fact that like something's wrong and something needs to change. And so I try to see it as that. And I see a lot of women just like enough is enough. I'm not doing this anymore. And I think that's great. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely heard so many more voices being heard and yeah, people stepping out. My my parents went to the Women's March in Dallas. I had a training, so I couldn't go, but they were like fired up by like just the movement. And they were like, they just said it was so inspiring. Yeah. It really was. I was there in Portland and it really, really was. And, you know, as I speak on stage and run events and work with women as a coach, I mean, women are just, I think, more motivated than they've ever been before to change the system. And that makes me excited because see, I think that if we get more women in power, that the world will be a better place because you're going to have more diverse opinions 
up at the top solving the problems that I think are really plaguing society, like climate change, as an example. I mean, we need diverse opinions in leadership positions. And the only way women are going to get there is if they learn how to advocate for themselves in things like salary negotiation or just negotiating opportunities. I mean, everything I teach can be used to negotiate an opportunity in any situation to, to advocate for yourself and to level up, you know, in various ways throughout your career. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. So this, tell me if this is part of one of the steps and if it is, we can just get into the steps, but mm-hmm. how do women find out what other people are making or what they should be making or what's the going rate for their job? Yeah, it's a great question. So a lot of women <laughs> find out inadvertently that their colleagues are making more than them because like somebody leaves the salary list on the printer. I heard that story <laughs> so many times. And I found out because I became really close to my male colleague and I got promoted to a position where now I had access to the budgets and I saw how much he was making. Like it was literally right there in front of me and I was pissed, you know, and so I see a lot of women finding out that way. But when you going in to negotiate your salary and you think, well, how much am I worth? Like, what am I gonna, and I hate saying how much am I worth, but like, like just facts and figures speaking, not like you know, you're worth everything in the whole wide world. But like, (laughs) right, of course, (laughs) you know, when you're going to go and say, I want a certain amount, you have to be able to back that up. And so one of the great things about the internet is that there are three websites right now that will give you average salary ranges for positions similar to yours, based on your zip code. And so those websites are glassdoor.com, salary.com, and payscale.com. And if you go on those websites and you search, like, let's say you're an account executive for an ad agency and you're living in Seattle and you search your zip code and it will give you kind of average salaries. And you've got to look at like, you got to look at this as like just crowdsourcing data. It's not firm. It's not like, it's not hard fact evidence but it gives you a sense of things. And then that's one thing you can do. The next thing you can do is have conversations with your peers. So women have to get more comfortable about talking about money. And one of the things I invite women to do is you don't go around and say, how much do you make? How much do you make? (laughs) But you say, Hey, look, Angela, I'm negotiating my salary. I have a raise coming up or a job offer coming up. And I really want to make sure I'm being paid what I'm worth. So I'm doing some kind of crowdsourcing research Can you tell me based on what you know about the industry and sector in which I work in my position in my experience, when you look at my resume, what range of salary do you think I should fall in like 15 to $20,000 range? And you get their opinion and they're likely going to give their opinion based off how much they make, particularly if they're like in the same industry or, or, or a similar job title. So crowdsourcing from people you know and you trust is going to be really helpful as well. And then, you know, the other thing you can do is look at jobs that are posted online. And a lot of jobs these days, I would say about 50% will actually have the salary listed on there. So go to a job resource like indeed.com or LinkedIn or local job sites in your community and look at the salary ranges for positions that are like the one that you have or that you're applying for and see what the kind of the going rate is for that position. So that's one of the biggest things is to do your research and really get a lay of the land. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I assume it's still pretty taboo to discuss within, is it to discuss within the workplace? 
Yeah, I mean, it is, right? But my theory is like, I want to do everything I can to make sure I make the best decision I can about my career. So, you know, it's totally a personal decision, whether you want to have that conversation with your peers and how close you are to your peers. And, but I was really close to my colleagues and really great at building relationships. A lot of them were my friends and they would just tell me what they made, even though they weren't supposed to. And, you know, and I could work from there. It really is up to you whether you want to have that conversation or not. But I definitely don't think it's like a no-no if you feel comfortable and like your intuition is guiding you to talk about it and then talk about it. And they can choose not to tell you. But, you know, I've had, I think women should band together and support one another. And so I'm all about women sharing their salaries with one another. And corporations might not like that, but I don't care. I mean, yeah, I agree. Help, I, help I never out, right? I mean, I'm not like as attached to the idea of money and in, in the same way that a lot of people are. Not that I don't. I mean, I like money. I'm not saying that I, I don't care about it. Of course I do. But like, for me, it's just like another thing to talk about and have an open conversation. Like it doesn't, to me, it doesn't have to be this like big secret, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So anyway, but yeah, I think because I think that's like the easiest and most helpful way to just kind of directly find out. I mean, if you're having like drinks with some coworkers and you feel comfortable with them, like you said, I mean, bam, you know, instantly, like if you're in the range or not, you know, (laughs) definitely. And they don't have to tell you exactly what they make. They can just say, yeah, like you could say, hey, you know, would I be within range if I, you know, do you think I'd be within range if I negotiated for something between 60 and 75? And they might be like, oh, yeah, totally. And then you know that like, they're probably within that range too, in some way. So yeah, it doesn't have to be super specific. But if you play with ranges, that gives you a lot of leeway to have the conversation with people. Yeah, that's a great tip. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how many is there like a a checklist you have? Like how many steps are there? Yeah, there's about eight or nine steps. So they're real quick. And I can walk you through them if you want. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the first thing we've already kind of talked about, you want to analyze the situation. So you want to research based on your skills, what you're worth in the marketplace, what the going rate is. And then you want to understand what do you value? What's important to you? So some of the things that you might think about are like financial security. Like I value being able to have enough money to buy a home and take care of my family. Other people might say, well, I want more freedom and flexibility. Like some women are single and they want to travel. And so maybe more vacation time is important to them. Or if you're a mother, maybe you want more flexibility. You want like to be able to work from home or to be able to have, you know, odd hours. That could be something that you value. Maybe you want more opportunity to be creative or to take on more leadership roles within the company or You want growth potential or recognition. Like these are all things you want to think about that you can actually negotiate on so that when you go in, you know exactly what you're asking for. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. And it's so great to get that clarity for yourself, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. And that's part of that career work, you know, that peeling back the layers and figuring out, okay, what is it that's really important to me? And How am I going to advocate for that? Absolutely. So the next step is to research your counterpart. So you want to research your counterpart because you want to understand, hey, what's the situation with them so that I can show some compassion and some understanding. And some of the ways to think about that is you want to consider what are their motivations? So if this is a new potential employer or an employer you've been working with for for quite some time, you want to think about what's motivating them. Some motivations they might have are things like they are performing 
not performing so well in, in profit right now, or maybe they have trouble retaining talent. Maybe the industry isn't performing very well. Maybe there's a lot of decline in the growth of the industry. Maybe there's a lot of competition. So you want to understand, okay, what's motivating them? What are the opportunities and threats to their success? And also you want to understand the person's personality. So You know, I had, when I negotiated $30,000 raise, my boss was really into the numbers and the details and the facts and the figures. Like he didn't really care so much about my emotional appeal. So I went to him with numbers, facts, and figures and said, like, here's how much money I have made you in the years. Here's how much like I've done for you. Here's the roles I've taken on. Um, Here's why I've earned this. And I had spreadsheets and I had documents and I had testimonials from clients. I mean, I brought in everything to really point to that because I knew that those things were important to him. So understanding your counterpart, where they're at in life, what their particular struggles are right now, their fears, their worries, their concerns that's going to help you a lot because you can show a lot of compassion and understanding and really see their side. And that makes them more likely to also see your side of things. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know that I really would have thought of that. That's brilliant. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the next thing is, and this is one that a lot of women is simple tip, a lot of people don't think about, but super helpful when you're going in to negotiate you want to know what your bottom line is. So at what point are you going to walk away from this job? And that could be like, you know, I, I'm really excited about this job. It helps me get my foot in the door. So I'm willing to like take less in pay for this job because it gives me an opportunity. Or it could be like, you know, I'm an expert in my field. I'm in high demand. And I refuse to accept this job for anything less than a certain dollar amount. And if you know your bottom line going in, then you know where there's wiggle room and where there's not. And you know when to walk away and when to say no. And that can just empower you in a way that like nothing else I'm going to tell you can. If you just know, here's what I stand for, here's how much I will and will not accept, then you can be a lot more confident as you walk into the negotiation. Yeah. And I think but you have to really like stick by that, right? Like in your own, like like you have to be ready to walk away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that takes some like, you know, reflection ahead of time. Like, am I willing to walk away from this? Like truly, am I willing to put myself back out into the marketplace, search for another job because I didn't get, you know, 65,000 versus, you know, I, I maybe I got 45,000, you know, $20,000 is a big difference. So like, you have to think about how much it matters to you Again, go back to what you value, what's important to you, and really identify, okay, what's my bottom line, not just in salary, but in other things too that are important to you. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Next step is women. One of the number one reasons women do not negotiate their salary is they are lacking the confidence. So you've got to work on your confidence. And one of the best ways to work on your confidence is to examine like, What's my relationship to money? Why am I scared to ask for this if I am scared? Ask yourself, like, what would make you feel more at ease about this conversation? And the other thing is to practice, practice, practice. So like, I have a lot of clients who will write down their script for their salary negotiation, and they will rehearse it with me over and over and over again until they can say it without getting the butterflies in their stomach. And because it's scary to like put yourself out there and to say, here's how much I'm worth, you know, here's what I want. And then to pause and wait 
for the response and you don't know what the response is going to be. And so it can be really scary. So practicing that and learning how to stand in your integrity is really important. And the best way to do it is just to rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. So working on your confidence, so important, Angela, you have to do that because at the end of the day, if you don't feel confident, you're very likely just not to negotiate at all, which is what a lot of women do. Oh my gosh. So this one I love because I teach yoga teachers how to teach yoga. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, and so one of the things that I have them do, and we do a lot of personal development work too. And we do a lot of work around like having tough conversations with people that has nothing to do with yoga, but just helping people get confident. And one of the best exercises I have is I just tell people to have the conversation with themselves in the car and like have it like five times. And it's so awesome because you can project, you can like, you try it out the first time and it just totally sucks. Or you're like, oh, that's it. Nope. Okay. And then you just do it again and again. And I still do this today when I have to have a tough conversation and I find it so helpful. And it's, it's almost even better to not have the feedback of someone else, I think just for a while. So you can get super clear on what you want to say, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I love that. Yeah. And the other thing is you want to feel fit and well before you go into the conversation. So one of the best ways to feel like you can handle anything is to get a good night's sleep the night before, eat well, exercise to relieve the stress, you know, talk to your peers, have someone give you a power talk, like visualize the conversation going really well. Like all these things are going to help you. They might seem like really simple. Of course, Jessica, I know how to get sleep the night before, but when you're stressed and overwhelmed, you might forget that. And so it's so important that you take all those self-care steps so that on the day of the negotiation, you show up like, bam, like I got this. I'm in my power and like nobody can stop me. Yeah. Oh no. But those foundational things are the most important thing. And it's like the first thing we forget in these situations when we're stressed, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's so easy to go right out the door, especially for a lot of women, they're negotiating their salaries and they're really excited to have a job offer. And they're terrified that they will lose the job offer if they negotiate their salary because they will be seen as ungrateful or unappreciative. And so like working through just that fear alone, especially like you're so close to the job, right? Like you've got it right there in your fingertips. And now you're going to like a lot of women feel like I'm going to jeopardize it because I'm going to ask for more. And, um, and that's scary. So you better be like in a really good, healthy state of mind and in your physical body so that you can really like manage that stress. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So then we get ready. We're ready to go. Now what do we do? (laughs) So the Yeah. So now we're going to get into the conversation. And as you can tell, like the most successful salary negotiations happen because of all this prep work, all of the stuff we've been talking about is before the conversation, right? When you get into the conversation, there's a lot of thinking on your feet that's going to have to happen. And I get into um, when I teach this a lot of like, advice and we go through case studies and we give examples of things that might come up because every negotiation is different. You've got two different people, you know, personalities, situations like we can't fully prepare 100% for everything that's going to come up. But a few things you can do during the conversation to help it go smoothly is the first is to express your gratitude and your appreciation. So that goes something like this. 
Thank you so much for this job opportunity. I am thrilled to get started. I can't wait. I think it's a great fit for me and for the company. I know this is going to be a powerful partnership. Before we move forward, I do want to have a conversation about salary or compensation or whatever it is. If you're looking for a promotion, like if you're you're working with your current employer, you might say something like, I fully appreciate everything, every opportunity you guys have given me here. I have thrived here. I really enjoy working here. I want to stay here for the long term. So I'm really looking forward to having a conversation about salary and compensation. So kind of laying the foundation of like generous, you're very generous, you're very kind, and it literally will shift the other person into a state of feeling equally generous and kind, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then you want to approach the conversation from a collaborative point of view. So I often train um, people to say something like, okay, so I want to negotiate or I want to have a conversation about salary. But before we do, I just want you to know that I want this to be a collaboration between you and I, and I want us to be partners in coming up with a mutually beneficial solution here, because I want this to be good for you and good for me. So if you treat it like a collaboration, they will feel like, okay, now we're partners in this process of coming up with a resolution that is equally beneficial for both parties. And that can really start to kind of destabilize this power dynamic, which is like, I'm asking you, boss man, for some money, and I'm scared of what you're going (laughs) to say. Instead, it's like, we're two humans, we're going to talk about this, and we're going to come up with a solution. And That just makes it feel so much better in your body when you go in with that mindset. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Boss man. I love that. (laughs) Listen, boss man. (laughs) No, right. (laughs) Well, it can feel like that. It can feel like, please, sir, give me some more money, you know? And like, it's like, it's not that. It's like, hey, we're adults here. Let's have a conversation. I've got something that you want. You want the expertise, the knowledge, the experience that I have. And I want the opportunities that you can give me and the compensation that you're going to give me in return. Now, let's come up with a a plan that makes sense for both of us. And you treat it like that. And now you're in the driver's seat and you feel more empowered and more confident. And then the next two things are really simple. You just want to use your creativity. So let's say your counterpart's like, well, you know, Angela, I know you want this amount, but I just, I can't make that happen this year. And you might say, okay, totally get that. Can we maybe then negotiate on something else like vacation or uh, cell phone reimbursement or travel stipend or a bonus structure? Or, hey, could we perhaps, you know, have this conversation again in six months from now and look at the situation, see how my performance is doing and maybe reevaluate it then? And if you use your creativity and you start to look for ways to like continue the conversation, so you don't give up, you keep having the conversation, you keep looking for other ways to get what you need, whether that's like in your schedule or your vacation or your bonus structure, what have you. So get creative. And again, treat it like a collaboration. Where can we move the needle a little bit? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I feel like I mean, you know, as a small business owner, like I can't obviously pay like a ton, but I am always about you can have extra time off if you need it. You know, you can have total flex time if you need to, you know, work one morning because you need to get laundry, work from home. Like I'm like, whatever works, you know. And so I find it interesting when I talk to my friends that are in corporate where they're like, we're working at a company. I had a friend that would work for a company for eight years and she still had two weeks paid vacation. And I was like, are you kidding me? 
Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand that because it really doesn't cost them them any more money. Like someone can cover your stuff for an extra week. Like it's not, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe if you're a lawyer and you're booking out, you know, for clients, I get that to some extent, but still in the grand scheme of things, like it doesn't cost them that much. And so I just find that really interesting when companies push back on things like that, because I'm like, to me, that just seems like it's such an easy added value they can give you without giving you more money, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it is. It really is. I mean, even if you say, well, can I, because some employers will say like, well, if we're paying you for vacation, then it is more money. I mean, I've had employers try to spin that on me before. But if they do that, you could say, well, could I take it unpaid? And that's always an option as well. Or could we negotiate how my accrual rate is? So instead of accruing two weeks a year, maybe I accrue three weeks a year. Or there's just, I mean, so many ways that you can get creative and really start to up level things for yourself. And then before we run out of time, I just want to say one more tip. And this is the last one. you got to be patient. So my $30,000 raise took six months. My colleague, my male colleague who was making more than me, I asked him how he got to that point, And he said he renegotiated his salary every six months. He asked for, can we renegotiate, you know, six months from now? Yes. Can we renegotiate six months from now? Yes. And so he just kept asking and they kept giving it. So sometimes you have to be patient. I had a client recently who, oh my God, she got the job offer, but then there was like somebody was sick and there was a vacation and she was like stressing about the negotiation. And is the job offer actually like the written offer actually going to come down the pipeline for like a month? And, you know, it was literally, I think about six weeks before she had signed the job offer, settled on a final compensation package because there were back and forth conversations. Someone was on vacation. Like, so just recognize that this is a process. It's not going to likely happen in one conversation. It might have to be multiple conversations and you might have to be really patient and do a lot of self-care in the meantime to keep your confidence up, to trust yourself and to do the best you can with the information you have and the moment. Yes. And to that point, it's like you don't want to give up after one try because I've had a lot of friends tell me that or clients where like they asked for it, the answer was no, and then they just didn't ask again. And I'm like, well, you got to keep at it, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. You totally got to keep at it. I mean, and if you do it with all these tips where you're like gracious and you express your gratitude and you're collaborative and you're creative that you're not going to get mad. I mean, I mean, how can they if you're really nice about it and kind about it and you're not a jerk? Like, I mean, they're just going to say no. And so <laughs> that's the worst that could happen. So keep advocating for yourself and you will climb that ladder. And I do believe one woman at a time, we can close the gender pay gap. Oh, yes. Hey, guys, it's Angela here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. We're going to take a quick break to let you know about a few things we're doing behind the scenes here at Angela Wagner Coaching. It's been close to five years since I went through Angela's Spark program. At the time, I knew I wanted a shift in my life, but I didn't have a vision for what that meant or how to go about creating change. So Spark Program was pivotal in in defining what I didn't want in order to make space for what I did. Now that I'm five years out, things came in the right time and step by step, 
there are probably milestones that I was aware of, um, and there's probably a lot of milestones that I wasn't. But one of the early stage milestones definitely was Angela's Spark program. It was foundational to where I am today. Okay, so do you have a little kind of quick tip, easy try this that our listeners can do this week that kind of has something to do with what you just said? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that comes up is when it comes to salary negotiation, people say, well, should I disclose my salary in a job application? And this is so common. And there's actually legislation out there in certain states to make it illegal to ask that in a job application. And my tip for women is if you're required to disclose your salary, your current salary in a job application, put a range for the put the range you want. If you can't put a range, put a zero, try to leave it blank. If you can't leave it blank, put the salary you do want. They will not know how much you're currently making. I think it is completely out of place to like ask somebody to show their cards and ask your salary. And if they push you on it, just say, we can have that conversation when we're actually in conversation about taking the job. You know, a lot of times I get asked right up front before there's even a job interview. So you can just try to keep pushing that off, that salary discussion off until there's an actual job offer on the table. That's the best advice I can give women. And the other just quick thing is work on your money, like your relationship to money. Women have very interesting belief systems around money. Most women do. And most women attach their belief about their worth and whether they matter or not in the world to how much money they make or how much money they don't make. And so one of the best books out there for working on your relationship to money is by Lynn Twist, and it's called The Soul of Money. Mm-hmm. And I would highly recommend that book and then just, you know, notice what your belief systems are around money. And that can be a great place to start if you're thinking about up-leveling your compensation in the future. Oh my gosh, such good information. I am so grateful that you came on and shared with us. And so we'll post all of the information and your links and everything, but your main website, just for a quick reference, is superwomanproject.com. And, you know, Angela, two things I will be releasing very soon. I'm in right in the middle of building it an online course about how to negotiate your salary where I go into depth, more depth into everything we talked about today more and way much more like case studies and examples and um, rookie mistakes and things you want to think about. Um, so if you want information about when that's coming out, make sure to sign up for my newsletter on my website. And then the other thing that's going on right now that I'm really excited about is the Superwoman Summit, which is a three-day event happening in Portland, Oregon, October 20th through the 22nd. And that is an opportunity for women to connect and engage around women in power and feeling more empowered in our professional lives. So definitely check that out at superwomansummit.com if you're interested. Oh, I love it. Yes. And I'm hoping I hope you're going to do it every year, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Okay, because I yeah, I'm going to put that on my wish list for next year, because I'd love to be just meet you in person and just be around all those women. I think it'd be amazing. So yeah, we'd love to have you there. Yeah. And we'll um, shoot me, we'll uh, let you guys know when her program does come out, I'll have her send it to me and I'll put it in my newsletter. So if you guys aren't on my newsletter as well, then get on that. And we'll just kind of keep in communication because we'd love to support you and all that you're doing. Thank you, Angela. And thanks for the opportunity and and to come on your show and, and chat today. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Next week on the Spark Podcast. Making sure that we're capturing like the everyday moments and writing things down that you don't have to share. Like you don't have to share everything. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes those crazy moments are the ones that you remember the most because they were chaotic. (laughs) Mm, Yes, you've totally inspired me to do this. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Spark. If you have a few extra minutes, please do an act of kindness and leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends. It really helps us out to spread the word. You can find the show notes and blog posts and all of Jessica's information at our website, AngelaWagnerCoaching.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Coach A Wags. Remember this week to take the time to give thanks, raise a glass and discover what it is that sparks you. 